Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. Uh, we're actually multiple times per day on Tuesday through Friday throughout the month of June as we're connecting with guests from all 32 NFL teams. This is uh, day two of the series, the All 32 series. We're breaking down the NFC East and AFC East this week. And to break down the Bills, the Buffalo Bills, the most hyped Buffalo Bills team since the K-God of the 1990s, Matthew Fairburn of The Athletic. What's going on, buddy? Uh, nothing much. How are you? Uh, I'm good. And also, you have your own podcast, The Buffalo Beat, a show about the Buffalo Bills. Um, if you don't have a podcast in 2020, what what is the point? Exactly. I mean, we've, you know, I think we were a couple of years ago, we started that and even that felt late. And so now, yeah, if you don't have one, you're, you gotta get with the times here. Um, when you look at this Bills team, I mean, it's, I mean, it's, it's a little weird because, okay, here's, here's what, here's what I think people have been saying. And I don't know if I agree with it or not. I think, I think I do to a degree, to some degree, but not entirely. People have been saying that the 2020 Buffalo Bills are this year's version of the 2019 Cleveland Browns. Does that seem fair? I don't know if that's entire. I don't know if I like that, that comparison. I don't I think, think I do either. I think I would compare them. If you want to take the, the cynical angle on the off season hype, I think I would compare them to the bears of last year. Mm. Um, after taking a step forward, winning a lot of games, uh, their young quarterback showing some progress, it kind of went sideways a little bit. I don't envision them, you know, kind of combusting the way the Browns did. They didn't have, they don't have the offseason hype train in quite the same way because they're, they're not built the same way. This has been a slower build than what the Browns did. They also don't have Freddie Kitchens. You know, they, they have, <laughs> That's a great uh, point. You know, they have a coach who Sean McDermott is an awesome coach. Yeah. He's, he's not perfect. Um, and you know, the, I think there, he still has some things to prove and, and some things to improve on, but he's not Freddie Kitchens. You know, he's, he's shown that he can get something out of this team, even when they don't have a lot of talent. He did that in 2017. Um, and last year they were, I, I thought for the most part, a pretty well coached team. His game management is iffy in spots and, um, you know, Nobody's going to accuse him of being a, a cutting edge offensive mind, but, uh, at the same time, he's got a program built. He and Brandon Bean have built something that I think is a, a little bit different than what the Browns were doing. So I look at the Bears as an example. If you want to be, you know, a little bit cynical that maybe the, the progress they showed last year, uh, was a little bit of fool's gold because you're not sure about the quarterback and they had a pretty easy schedule. That argument I would buy, but. The Browns are just a little bit different because um, the Browns, we've seen that show before where they, they get the hype and they don't come through. And this team isn't as, as loud and in your face about the, the offseason hype as that one was. 
Uh, no, I think that's a great call because like it, it's easy to do it because it's like, all right, this is a franchise that hasn't won a ton in recent years. Although secretly the Bills have had much more success than the Browns have since coming back to Cleveland. They trade a first round pick for a wide, a wide receiver who's had some, you know, sort of fell out of, you know, fell out of favor in the old spot. So you can see the comparisons, but I agree. I think like if the, if the, if the Bills, if you told me the Bills went eight and eight, I'd be like, all right, well, you know, things went, things went south for them, but they have, Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean, as you point out, have built such a high floor for this team. That's what I think is, is so interesting about it. And like, if Tom Brady doesn't leave, maybe all this hype isn't happening, you know? Yeah. I think that's fueling a lot of this. The, the fact that Tom Brady's gone, I know it's Somebody fueling. Somebody has to step up and right. take the division, and, right? And. That's what's fueling a lot of the optimism in Buffalo. It's like finally they're out from under the thumb of Tom Brady. And, you know, people are looking for somebody to step in and, and fill that void. And it's not fun to sit here and say, well, the Patriots will just keep chugging along. That's not right. interesting. <laughs> people have been waiting for years for somebody else to take over. I think it's still very much possible that, that the, the Patriots continue to do what they've, they've done for a long time. Uh, they won't be quite the same without Tom Brady, but they still have Bill Belichick. But I think there's a lot of people who maybe missed last year with the Bills, uh, didn't see the the jump coming and are trying to to get on the hype train now and make mm. up for it. But I'm with you. I, I could see them going in that eight and eight, nine and seven range. Uh, I think it would be a disappointment for a lot of people, but I don't necessarily see things blowing up in a major way unless there's injuries and, and other things that we can't, you know, foresee. Well, yeah, for, yeah, for sure. I mean, like if, if everybody gets hurt, you know, they're going to lose a bunch of games. But I think one of the things that they've done in terms of building this high floor that and the Bears did to an extent, and this is what the Browns didn't have, was if their young quarterback struggles, they can still win games and or the Bills have done a good job. And I'm not saying they're trying to hide Josh Allen, but – they want to win. They, they've, they've been winning with running the football and playing defense. And that's, that's just what Sean McDermott does. I mean, he did it. You know, he was a defensive, great defensive coordinator for Carolina, great defensive coordinator in Philadelphia. Um, you know, he went to great, he took over, he took over, you know, when he took over the spot in Philly, it was a tough spot and, and, and he got a bad rap, but it, it, I digress. My point being is that if they can win, even if Josh Allen doesn't take a leap, the question then becomes, can he take a leap? And what do you, what do you, like, what do you envision Josh Allen doing in 2020? And or or are you on, like, are you on or off the Josh Allen train? Cause I feel like there's nobody who's like side saddling it. Right. I, I, you know, it's, it's a weird, it's very strange. The, the Josh Allen, uh, he's so polarizing. Uh, and so the Josh Allen, you know, kind of train is a, is a weird one. Um, I think. I think you're right in the fact that they can win games even if he doesn't take a huge step forward. Obviously, their ceiling is pretty much entirely dependent on how he plays. Yes. If he becomes, uh, you know, the quarterback that they think he can be, then this could be a legitimate, you know, contender for the AFC. If he's the same quarterback as last year, I think their, their ceiling is kind of capped at what they were last year because, uh, you know, it's hard to, for me to envision him taking a massive step forward this year, uh, to be honest. Uh, I don't, I think he took a pretty big step forward last year, but I think there were still a lot of things that, that are wrong with his game. His deep accuracy was among the worst in the league. Um, 
he did a lot of his, still did a lot of his best work running the football, even though he didn't run nearly as often as he did as a rookie. Accuracy is still a problem. We'll see. Uh, I'm not ready to write him off. I feel like maybe I am one of those people that's, that's, you know, still on the fence, honestly. Yeah. Um, but actually, maybe, you know what? Maybe I'm lying. Maybe I side saddle Josh Allen too. Cause right. I, cause I, like, I, part of it is like, part of the problem is that Pete Prisco, my colleague, is so all in on Josh Allen that, like I, and I give crap, Pete crap about like most stuff that he's all in on. So it turned, and there was this whole nerds versus jocks, Josh yes. Allen debate coming into the draft and then even coming out when he was drafted by Buffalo. Like I like Josh Allen as a player. And I think that you could, like, there's an unquestioned like room, for, like room for growth there. And if he does take a leap, then he could become an elite quarterback. It, it, it just, when you look like, you know, this is a guy in his second year on a team that, you know, ran the ball a ton and won 10 games and completed less than 60% of his passes. Like, that's hard to do. Yeah, and the thing about him, too, is he's a lot of fun to watch, regardless of, of what side you're on. He He's exciting to watch because yeah. you just don't know what he's going to do. And, you know, that's part of what makes it hard to fully jump on board because some of what happened in that playoff game last year was <laughs> – I can't even explain it. Um, you know, watching some of that happen, um, the way that he played in that game was really confusing. And that was a yes. lot of what we saw all season long. And they didn't, he didn't play his best football against the best teams. And, and that's what concerns me about, you know, going into 2020 and, and you talk about the ceiling of this team and his ceiling as a player. Uh, I think most of us can agree. You know, you mentioned that, that nerds versus jocks sort of element to the whole Josh Allen discussion. I think most of us can agree that Josh Allen is better than his detractors thought he would be yes. coming out of college. Uh, and I think, you know, that being said, he's, he's not there yet. And he's and also not as good as his like proponents exactly. have expected there, him to be. There is yeah. a middle ground and. He's not there yet, and there's no guarantee that he will get there. And as a passer, he's still pretty flawed. Now, they hope that Stefan Diggs can hide some of those flaws. I think he's a guy that runs really good routes. He's got a good catch radius. Those He gets open. He gets a lot of separation, which is essential for Josh Allen because, um, you know, tight windows can be a problem. I know he has the great arm, but you need accuracy and timing for tight windows too. So, Stefan Diggs could be a good fit, but we also saw that he got pretty frustrated with Kirk Cousins. And <laughs> it's like, dude, Kirk Cousins is one of the most, like one of the five most accurate quarterbacks in NFL history. Now you're going to catch ball. Like Josh Allen's going to be winging stuff past your ear. Yeah. And he's a great deep receiver. Stefan Diggs is. And people think that that will automatically fix Josh Allen's deep accuracy, but his deep ball was really, really bad last year. Like really bad. People cite the statistic of, you know, 20 yards or more in the air. Uh, but if you push that to 30 yards or more, which is the traditional go ball, you're going to throw it about 35 to 40. It took him like almost halfway through the season before he hit one of those. And, and he was, it was just really, really bad. And so hopefully, you know, they hope that Stefan Diggs can cover that up. And this is the time of year where optimism is overflowing in the league. You know, Josh Allen organized. Um, you know, a, a get together of about 20 teammates down in Florida and he and Stefan Diggs are chumming it up. They had a photographer down there taking pictures and videos mm. and, you know, everything is, is all well and good. But, you know, this is the time of year where it's easy to be optimistic. He hasn't gotten on the field 
against the defense yet, not even his own. And, you know, he hasn't gotten the field on the field against another team. So, so we need to see some tangible results in terms of improving his accuracy, improving his timing, improving his decision making. And he needs to be the reason they win games, frankly. And I don't think he was the reason they won games very often last year, maybe Dallas on Thanksgiving. Um, And, you know, he pulled out some, some fourth quarter comebacks, but he was largely the one digging those holes to begin with. So, uh, you know, they're still going to have a really good defense, but if you want to take the next step to be a team that can go toe to toe with the chiefs, which should be the goal, uh, then you need more than a defense. You're going to need to score points and, and try to keep up with that offense. And, um, you know, right now it's, it's hard to say whether Josh Allen and this group are ready to do that. Uh, after the break, we will talk about the rest of that roster. This is Sandra Oreda from Attacking Third, a podcast part of the CBS Sports Golasso Network dedicated to all things women's soccer. With the NWSL expanding to 14 teams, the 2024 season promises to be bigger and better than ever, and Attacking Third will be along for the ride from start to finish. Before that, though, we'll be all over the CONCACAF W Gold Cup, where the U.S. Women's National Team is looking to clinch silverware on home soil. We'll also be keeping tabs on the winter transfer window, the Women's Super League, the UEFA Women's Champions League, and elsewhere. Coming to you multiple times a week with game previews, recaps, analysis, breaking news, exclusive interviews, and more. Attacking Third is your one-stop shop for the best coverage of the women's game. Download follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere podcasts are found. Make sure you subscribe to Attacking Third. What is the, what's the undersold story that not enough people might be talking? Because I think, I, I really like, this is, I mean, we, we spent the first half of this podcast talking about Josh Allen, but I mean, like, like, as we know, I mean, like, it's not, we're not just being lazy and hitting the quarterback angle. Like if he, if, if he, if he blows up in 2020, this team has Super Bowl aspirations. If he, if his ceiling looks cat, as we said before. So what's the story that maybe is flying under the radar? You know, I think they did a, a really good job building this defense to the point where it might be better than it was a year ago. And that was a really good defense last year. They yeah. kept a lot of the key pieces, uh, you know, Tredavious White, Jordan Poyer, Micah Hyde, Tremaine Edmonds, Matt Milano, these guys that, that are continuing to grow together. But they also retooled the defensive line. Uh, we'll see what happens with Ed Oliver after his offseason arrest. But yeah. Uh, even if he's suspended at any point, he's still a guy that I would expect to take a pretty big step forward. They signed Quentin Jefferson, Mario Addison, um, Vernon Butler, drafted AJ Epinesa. They lost Shaq Lawson and Jordan Phillips, but I think the defensive line on paper looks better than it was. And that's really been the only thing you can poke holes in about this defense is that they don't get a, a, a an elite pass rush, uh, and they're not top end in that regard. They might have a chance to, to be that, uh, in 2020. And, you know, we'll see what happens at cornerback. They signed Josh Norman. If he can have a bounce back year, then all of a sudden that secondary that was already one of the best in the league could get even better. What is a successful season for the Bills in 2020 as we stand here in, in early June? I mean, it, it, unfortunately for the city of Buffalo, and Bills fans, it, it does feel like anything less than 10 wins will be disappointing, right? Yeah, anything less than 10 wins. And I would take it a step further and say they need to win a playoff game to to show progress. And, uh, you know, even if there's a lot of people around here picking them to win 12, 13 games, and that has not been the case since I got here in 2014. There's never right. been any level of optimism like this. And I think you could go back to the 90s before, you know, you you could see – 
people this excited about this team. But to me, you know, a lot of it, and, and I think this was the case last year too. People said, what does a successful season look like? And I said, if they, you know, the record might not matter, but if they know that Josh Allen is their quarterback, that's mm. a successful season. And last year I didn't feel like they ended the season knowing that for certain. And I think that's a similar bar this year. Uh, they have a tougher schedule. For sure. Last year, they had a pretty easy schedule. They did not perform well against teams uh, with winning records. That The only playoff team that they beat was the Tennessee Titans, and that was before they benched Marcus Mariota. It was actually sure. the last game before he got benched. So that was the only playoff team they beat. So going into this year, they've got some tougher opponents. They play the AFC West. They was play that the that insane, like, five missed field goal game? Yes, there was a lot. And then Marcus Mariota went over the line of scrimmage, but maybe yeah, didn't go over right. the line of scrimmage. Yeah, it was a, right. a weird game down in Tennessee and they, yeah. they barely won, which they did a lot last year, barely winning and pulling games out that, uh, yeah, Kyra like was 0 for 4 on field goals. He got cut, I think that week too. He <laughs> yeah. got cut and Mariota got benched. So that was sort of the, the awakening for the Titans a little bit. Um, so this year, I think you want to see this team beat those those good teams and be more competitive uh, against those good teams and i think part of you know if if you're going to be sold on josh allen he needs to you know maybe throw for 300 yards once in a while um <laughs> you know hit more deep balls you know become more accurate maybe complete 60 percent of his passes we're not talking uh turning him into drew Brees or anything but and and i think in the end yeah you know get to 10 wins again or get to the playoffs again whatever it looks like get to the playoffs again and win a game, right. beat a playoff team. You know, don't get out coached by Bill O'Brien. Uh, that that's a problem. You know? <laughs> that like, a don't problem. don't lose to a team like that. Uh, There's yet, no excuse to lose that playoff game. No, the the way that they started, uh, and that's where you know, yeah, Sean McDermott's a good coach, um, and he's gotten this team turned around. But but he, he turtled to, he turtled up a little bit. You need to find out if the quarterback and the coach are built to win in the playoffs and. I think the bar is a little bit different in Buffalo because they've been so bad for so long. And this is the guy who ended the playoff drought. And this is the quarterback who looks like, uh, you know, the best prospect they've had at the position since the nineties, but you have to readjust the expectations in the bar because otherwise you become like the Bengals, you know, making the playoffs and being okay with that and being okay with your first round exits. And I don't think people around here are going to be okay with that. I think they, they want to see this team, uh, you know, Schedule or not, rise up and win, win some games, beat some teams, uh, that are considered among the best in the league and then go into the playoffs, uh, and win a game. All right. So I, I think I, I, I like that. It's, it's sort of a joint, you know, it goes hand in hand. Like they need to win a playoff game, but as part of that process, basically Josh Allen needs to take a step forward and prove that he is in, in fact the guy. I mean, right. Yeah, it's, it's never in, uh, that's the problem I always have, you know, nine wins doesn't look the same every year. Right. And so people will always ask me versions of that. How many wins do the bills need to get this year for, you know, this person to keep their job or this, you know, it's never in a vacuum. It's never, you know, so like if they go eight, eight and Josh Allen hasn't like a monster leap forward, then like, you're like, okay, you know, that, that sucks that we went eight and eight, right. You're not firing nine. anybody. You're not yeah. firing anybody and you're, you're extending, you know, you're picking up Josh Allen's option and feeling okay. It, there's always so many circumstances that can contribute to, you know, 10 wins or can contribute to seven wins. You could have some bad injuries that, that make thing that make life a lot tougher. You could drag 
Josh Allen to 11 wins, but he doesn't look good. And then you're not feeling all that great about the right. long term, you know, of this. You lose team. the first round of the playoffs, you win 11 games, and Josh Allen it takes a step back. That's a worse season. The Bills are one of the most interesting teams in football this year because of this Josh Allen thing and because of their their history over the past. I mean, heck, they hadn't been in the playoffs since Wade Phillips, right? I mean, it's yeah. crazy. Um, so many primetime games too. It's it's reflected yeah. in the schedule, and it's what you know. I've got my fingers crossed that the season goes on as as scheduled and, and hopefully, you know, hope against hope that, that maybe there's a chance fans can get in the buildings because yeah. this is Bill's mafia know, deserves this. They've, they've been waiting for, for some national respect. They're finally getting it. And I have no idea which way it's going to go, but I, I am really <laughs> fascinated to follow it. It's the most interesting team I've gotten to cover. And um I sat through some Rex Ryan years. So this sure. is interesting in a much better way than that was. And I think it's going to be a, a fun year to follow this team, regardless of what happens. All right. Matthew Fairburn covering the bills for the athletics. Make sure and check him out on Twitter at Matthew Fairburn, read him on the athletic and check out the podcast, the Buffalo beat a show about the Buffalo bills. This is fun, man. Uh, we should, uh, we should do it again. And uh, man, I, I, I hope you're right. I hope we get fans in there. I hope, I hope that we don't have to see 25 bills fans on a zoom call, jumping right. through tables. All right, man. Appreciate it again. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It's the NFL offseason, but on Pick 6, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, the football season never stops. Host Will Brinson, John Breach, and Tyler Sullivan are joined by analysts like Brady Quinn, Leslie Ducible, Katie Mox, and R.J. White to keep you in the loop on everything happening around the league. Whether it's free agents signing with new teams, the all-important NFL draft, or schedule release day, Pick 6 has you covered. As the face of the league changes with every team move and player pickup this spring, Pick 6 is a must-listen. Download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and anywhere podcasts are found.